on the Facebook. He's part of the Masons and Eastern Stars singles group on Facebook. He says self-control. Everything in our life is self-control. There is a personality trait that correlates with our success in every aspect of our human activity. I named it self-control, self-discipline, and willpower. So the great secret of mine that awakes my best self is the focus and the ability to shut down distraction by having self-discipline to the point very close the point short and sweet now this one I've been wanting to find this information for years if not decades from black history mini docs Fred Hampton born on August 30th 1948 was the deputy chairman of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party and raised in the Chicago suburb of Maywood, Illinois. In high school, he excelled in academics and athletics. After Hampton graduated from high school, he enrolled in a pre-law program at Triton Junior College in River Grove, Illinois. Hampton also became involved in the civil rights movement, joining his local branch of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People in AACP. His dynamic leadership and organizational skills in the branch enabled him to rise to the position of youth council president. There, Hampton mobilized a racially integrated group 
of 500 young people who successfully lobbied city officials to create better academic services and recreational facilities for black children. In 1968, Hampton joined the Black Panther Party headquartered in Oakland, California, using his NAACP experience. He soon headed the Chicago chapter. During his brief BPP tenure, Hampton formed a Rainbow Coalition which included students for a democratic society, the Black Stone Rangers, a street gang, and the National Young Lords, a Puerto Rican organization. Hampton was also successful in negotiating a gang truce on local television in an effort to neutralize the Chicago Panthers, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, and the Chicago Police Department placed the chapter under heavy surveillance and conducted conducted several harassment campaigns in 1969 Several Panther members and police officers were either injured or killed in shootouts and over 100 local members of the BPP were arrested. During an early morning police raid of the BPP headquarters at 2337 West Monroe Street on December 4, 1969, 12 officers opened fire, killing the 21-year-old Hampton and Peoria, Illinois Panther leader Mark Clark. Police also seriously wounded four other Panther members, many in the Chicago black community were outraged over the raid and what they saw as the unnecessary deaths of Hampton and Clark. Over 5,000 people attended Hampton's funeral where Reverends Ralph Abernathy and Jesse Jackson of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference eulogized the slain activists. Years later, law enforcement officials admitted wrongdoing in the killing of Hampton and Clark. In 1990 and later in 2004, the Chicago City Council passed resolutions commemorating December 4th as Fred Hampton Day a Fred Hampton biopic entitled Judas and the Black Messiah is scheduled for release in 2021.
contributor, Mac Dwayne. Digital artwork by Reed R. McCants. proven years ago that this was not a shootout but an execution it was determined that Mr. Hampton was asleep when he was shot he was about nation building and community improvement I have met many, many people that work in law enforcement and the majority of them are so outstanding. They would gladly do anything, lay down their lives, anything for any citizen, no matter what color. But there always seems to be a peanut gallery, just a small fringe group messes it up for everybody else and it's it's uh, so funny the ones that mess up royally they are diametrically opposed in terms of their character and personality they are on the opposite end of the spectrum from the majority, the majority of their peers are so outstanding. It's hard to believe because the media is uh, right now so against law enforcement, but there's a, um, which everyone knows, there's such a rigid screening process of mental evals and personality evals and they look at a person's life, a lot, person's life upside down, forward and backward, and they don't hire them right off the street right away, unless they just started doing that, or maybe they may do that in smaller cities, but in these larger cities, they really can't afford the millions in lawsuits to pay out for something that they could have screened out in the pre-hiring process. So it's, um, you know, it's hard for me to see how they get so much attention, the ones that screw up so bad, they get so much attention because 
Obviously, they do so much damage to everybody, not just their peers in their department, but they do so much damage to people's lives and livelihoods. But I think it would be more balanced if people could hear about the ones that come to work every day and they do such outstanding work and if you even compliment them they'll just say oh I'm just doing my job you know they're surprised if anybody compliments them at all but no matter what happens they just keep right on going above and beyond the call of duty and think nothing of it Let's hope we're not going to have these same conversations and same events another decade and another century. Let's hope it falls back sooner or later. Well, let's, let's keep our fingers crossed. Seems like things could only get better. Here's another short comment from Theodore Gray, a member of the Masons and Eastern Stars Singles Group. If there's even a slight chance of getting something that will make you happy, risk it. Life's too short and happiness is too rare. Oh, he's quoting A.R. Lucas. Let's hear this post on um, if we can get the volume. Chadwick. Chadwick Aaron Bozeman. I heard a um, a video by Dr. Gregory Carr, Dr. Carr and Karen Hunter, and I posted it on the companion show and even Bigger Fly on the Wall. I posted it on there a few hours ago. It's about an hour 
for an hour, and Dr. Carr, he's a professor at Howard University, but he was there after Bozeman graduated in 2002, and um, what, I, it was sometime after that before Professor Carr was hired at Howard University in Washington, D.C., but uh, Greg Carr goes on in detail about the background that you really never really hear anybody talk about, but he has an extensive history on Bozeman's background and his Bozeman's family. He mentions how Bozeman went to Howard to become a playwright and a movie director. plays in in that genre, but he first came to Los Angeles, and this is the film capital, so he he was um, eventually, in movies he wasn't really writing, doing his playwriting or directing at that point, so it just as fate had it, it turned out that he was able to later do his playwriting and produce plays and do some, he had stage experience and play experience along with his film experience and prior to his film experience, but Dr. Carr will give you the the granular details of it. It's very fascinating how someone so young knew their purpose at such a young age in his life when he was very young at Howard. He was a very, um, shall you say, advanced person that when the faculty was in administration and Howard was planning to take the fine arts department which was which is a department now but it was had its own college at the time when the administration decided to scale it down to a department and put it under letters and and Arts. The um, the dean was on the stage talking about the changes in Bozeman jumps. <laughs> Bozeman jumps up on the stage and he's protesting and saying we're not going to have it. We, we want our own college on and on. And then people started coming coming up on the stage. And saying the same thing, but um, Bozeman also Bozeman also met Muhammad Ali when Muhammad Ali was in his his uh, illness, his uh, Parkinson's illness had advanced, and Muhammad Ali was on the Howard University 
campus on a day when Bozeman didn't know and nobody knew that Ali would be there, but it was a particularly low, gloomy day for Bozeman, and he recalls walking outside of one of the buildings, and he wasn't uh, expecting anything. He he was very uh, discouraged about things, and he just happened to look up, and he saw Muhammad Ali, (laughs) and Ali started shadow boxing with him, and this brought him out of his uh, his funk. It, it brought Bozeman out of his funk, and he started shadow boxing with Ali. And the next thing you know, he felt like he'd had a transformative moment. He later talked about how his uh, spirit was transformed. That he felt as though Ali transferred something to him that was a gift that just inspired him to to just go higher and higher and do more and more and he quickly took off from there there's always hope family there's always hope there's In every life, there's going to always be dog days, up and down days, but this, uh, this short life that Bozeman lived was so full, and it may be the case, it may be the case for some of the rest of us, and Our life may not at this point be what we want it to be, but it's for a purpose. It's for a purpose, and all the opposition is just to let us know that there's a a big, big calling on our lives. to give up. We just have to keep right on going. Let's jump on this right now. I'm looking at Spike Lee and a post on this page says write what you know Write it from the heart and keep writing and writing it and do not stop. That's how a kid from Brooklyn became the Oscar-winning director known worldwide as Spike Lee. What moves you makes you.
$1,300 ink pen people that are sponsoring montblanc.com And if you haven't had a chance to check the companion podcast, An Even Bigger Fly on the Wall, it has been updated in the last 24 hours, 48 hours, with post on Chadwick Boseman and other stories. in Portland, Oregon has been going on just about every day June, July, August and we're almost in September and the ruckus is yesterday to every one of you and your families and friends. Jayati Rama Pri. 
Krishnan, August 30, 2020, a two-minute read. Governor Kate Brown announced that she would authorize more police from several local agencies to staff protests in Portland and call for more arrests for destructive or violent crimes. The announcement came less than 24 hours after a fatal shooting during downtown demonstrations. The six-point plan laid out in a news release from Brown's office on Sunday evening also included plans for several local law enforcement agencies to assist Portland Police Bureau in follow-up investigation and it listed specific types of crimes that the district attorney's office will prosecute related to the protests quote we must all come together elected officials community leaders all of us to stop the cycle of violence unquote Brown said but this is only the first step real change will come from the hard work to achieve racial justice and it starts with all of us listening to each other and working together. Brown condemned the violence that led to the fatal shooting Saturday night. The victim of the violence was identified as a friend and supporter of Vancouver, Washington-based right-wing group Patriot Prayer. Group founder Joey Gibson initially identified the man as Jay in a social media post, but a crowdfunding campaign and other sources later identified him as Aaron Danielson, quote, the right-wing group, Patriot Prayer, and self-proclaimed militia members drove into downtown Portland last night, armed and looking for a fight, Brown said. Every Oregonian has the right to freely express their views without fear of deadly violence. I will not allow patriot prayer and armed white supremacists to bring more bloodshed to our streets. Closed quote. She said the Multnomah County Sheriff's Office will work with other agencies to hold people arrested for violent behavior at protest.
tests and that they would ensure that there is enough jail space for those people. She said the Multnomah County DA District Attorney's Office would prosecute serious criminal offenses related to the protests, including arson and physical violence. Brown said Oregon State Police would resume staffing Portland protests, which she said would help allow Portland police to investigate violent crimes related to the protests. She said troopers would continue to wear body cameras. She said she would personally appeal to three other agencies, Clackamas and Washington County Sheriff's Offices and Grisham Police Department to send officers to staff the protests while Portland officials would seek to reimburse those agencies. Brown said the U.S. Attorney and FBI would help fund the investigation of crimes related to the protests. The governor said she would also hold a community forum with Wheeler and Black protest organizers to discuss racial justice and police reform in Portland. She did not specify when that forum would happen.